Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> said it again. Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Yes, welcome to Winging It with Zach and Brad. Um, I mean, one place to start only. I We spoke, the last thing we spoke about in the last podcast was, um, you know, we both felt confident going down to LAFC, especially the way the team was playing, the results we've been getting, and the fact that they were missing, you could argue maybe five starters to start the game, and then Kay goes down very early on. That's probably a sixth starter. Key players in, in the attacking sense. I didn't think they had three goals in them. And we go down there and, um, and they win, um, they win um, um, LA scores free and we lose the game. So what happened? I think just one of those games. Again, I think the true test, you, you can lose those games, but the true test is the bounce back. And that will be, you know, this weekend coming up will be, will be a big test for this team if they can – uh, bounce back from that one, get things right, and then get on another run of three or four games uh, win streak and, and everything will be fine. But I think it, it, if you don't finish your chances right now in this league, no matter who the team is, you're, you're going to lose, especially away from home. It's going to be really difficult to, to get a result. And the Sounders had chances, um, just didn't execute. So from that standpoint, um, the guys looked a, a little bit tired, I think. Maybe there should have been more rotation. Uh, in terms of player, player personnel on the field. Looking back on it now, maybe that's something that Schmetz um, maybe would change. Uh, we'd have to ask him. But, um, yeah, I think maybe a bit more rotation on the players. Uh, lost focus on a couple plays. And, um, you know, playing away from home is, is still really difficult. Uh, and that was a motivated LAFC team because you've got now guys stepping into the lineup who wanted to prove themselves to say, hey, when our big guys step out, we can step in and, and make a difference and be a game changer. And they, they proved the point. But I can tell you, Bob Bradley and, and Ante and those guys had these guys fired up before that game. Um, you, could, you could bet that they were – that training for that week was super intense. But they were also coming off uh, – they, they missed the game against Colorado, right? So yeah. they had a little bit of extra rest going into that. So you couple all those things, um, and they were on top of it. Uh, so – Credit to LAFC. Sounders got to win this weekend to, to right the ship and, and keep this uh, ship moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think I was surprised when I saw the lineup that essentially tried out the same guys who had been going. So um, the Sounders now having a game against Colorado Rapids um, postponed. That's, I think, a blessing for the team because I think you just needed a break. It seemed like every two or three days we were sitting here previewing a game, recapping a game, preview, recap. And it, at some point, they're not machines. You've got to slow down. So I think that, that's important for the Sounders. Um, the fear now, we're recording this before, is that Portland gets a win tonight and now they start leading the, 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 the West. And if they, get that, if they get that sniff, do they hold on to it? Because, I mean, I think it's important to just end as high as you can because you want to be able to host. Um, I don't know what they're going to do if, if it's going to be a neutral venue for MLS Cup. I'm not sure. But in any case, you want to give yourself the chance. If it comes down to hosting, you want to be in a position to do that. So I worry just that, yes, I'm glad they're getting the rest, but not playing gives the other teams, um, Sporting, Kansas City, and Portland especially, um, the chance to catch them back up. And then um, next up is San Jose, who, yeah, we smashed last time, and they did lose their last game, 
before the recording, but they won three games at one point. They're, they're not the same San Jose that was leaking as many goals. They look a little bit better, I think. We can't, we can't figure out what the San Jose team is. Yeah. That's what makes them so dangerous. I think LAFC is generally predictable, right? The way that they're going to play, uh, pretty consistent. Portland, very consistent. We know how they're going to play. Um, but the San Jose team is, like, who knows? It's either a 6-0 win for the Sounders or, you know, you find yourself against a motivated team. They haven't changed anything. They're playing the exact same way they did when they came here to Seattle and got smashed. But yeah. somehow they're able to string together three results. So is that coming from the players? Are they riding a high? Um, this is going to be a tough one for the Sounders, especially away from home. Um, what, what do you think about this? Well, they, they do play at uh, the Galaxy tonight. So they'll have a game under their belt while the Sounders get rest. Um, so what, what do you think? I, I, I think if they were playing at Portland or one of strong, I'd, I'd feel a bit better. I think them playing at LA, it's not a long trip. And I think Galaxy is not that good either. So I can easily That's see them picking. Reason. Yeah, I can see them picking up three points then. Even if they don't, it'll be a game where they get to still tweak things and work on things. I think they'll come into the Sounders game ready. And... I don't care what they say. I know if we were to get Wanda one here, he say all the right things. But they lost 7-1 to the Sounders. I mean, you want to see that team again, ASAP. And this is their first crack at a team that really embarrassed them and broke all kinds of records against them. They want to prove a point. So I think it's going to be a really, really hard game. And obviously, the news now is out there breaking with um, um, the Sounders. We knew Ruby Diaz was going to miss a lot of games. Now he probably could be missing the rest of the regular season. We don't know. Um, but with what's happening with him over there in Peru... Um, We've said we have depth and we can cover certain holes, but you don't want to tap into the Raul Rudia's depth for the rest of the season. I mean, how big of a deal is that? Yeah, that, that is massive for me. If I would assume that they're going to give him another test to make sure that this positive, he actually does have coronavirus, because then he's got to hang out there for at least 10 days. And then he's got to yeah. come here and hang out for 10 days. So you're looking November, possibly, you know, the first round of playoffs. And that's massive. Like, you know, Henderson, everyone will touch on this, is this team has to be healthy to compete, especially when playoffs come. You can have three or four games where Raul's out and, you know, the guys fill in. But if you want to win an MLS Cup, you know, the Sounders don't do it, I think, without Raul last year, right? He's, you know, a, he's a thorn in so many defenders' side that he changes games. That's why he makes – Big bucks. That's why he's a DP. That's why he did incredibly well in uh, Mexico. And that's why he's with the national team right now. So if you take away that X factor, um, that's going to be a difficult one for the Sounders to overcome. So, um, but uh, more pressure goes on Will's shoulders and um, he's got to come up with two or three goals in the next couple games to, to prove himself. And, and he knows that he should have two or three already. Um, when you're not playing consistently, those goals are harder to come by. Um, so yeah, he, he's got, he's got a difficult one under the belt. Do you see the, the Sounders team? Let's say you take out Raul through the first round or round and a half of playoffs. What happens to the Sounders team? Yeah, that, that, that's why I think it's going to be so important to get the highest seed anyway, because with the expanded, I think it's eight teams. You want to be playing the eighth seed and you know, whether that's going to be a Salt Lake or Vancouver, even Houston or someone, um, probably a home game. So you want you, you want to play, there's no weak teams, there's no easy games in MLS, I know that, but um, there's some games, some teams you'd rather play than others, and you can maybe get by um, without um, 
um, Raul in one game. But the deeper you go, you can, I mean, he was one of the main reasons we had that historic win at LAFC last year. So you're right. When it comes to push comes to shove in the big games, you need him. So we'll stay tuned on that, see what happens. But um, yeah, it, it would be a massive miss. Maybe you can skate by one game, but ultimately, no, you need Raul Ruby Diaz. Um, we'll take a quick break and then we'll get Chris Henderson on. I don't even know what his title is anymore. He's the chief scout, technical director. Um, yeah, slash um, model, because he's, he's a fitness model running up and down the stairs at Central Field um, every day. He's so fit, by the way. Um, so we'll get Chris Henderson on. We'll talk to him about the team. He's behind some of the key signings. And so we'll pick his brain a little bit. And we'll be right back. see you it's always like in between trips it feels like you're always going you're scouting you're traveling um you're going obviously this year that hasn't happened so just how much has your job changed um in terms of how you scout what you can do because you can't really go and watch games like you used to so obviously the pandemic's affected everyone but you specifically your job it feels like it has to have changed a lot yeah it definitely has um at first great to see you guys um and thanks for having me on um uh it has changed in the fact that everything is on video, uh, Scout, Instat, just all the services we use, um, which we usually use just, you know, pre-trip, get an idea of the player, know how they play. I mean, we can pull up every game and, and we obviously have uh, tons of stats that we can look at different sites and, and Ravi will run the numbers and compare players over three, four windows in a row. So there's a lot of information we can deal with. But I think it's a little more, it's a combination of art and science, signing a player. So the art is sitting down with the player, meeting them, watching them in training, all the little things behind the scenes that you can't really feel from sitting in front of a computer. So that part has been, has been really hard. And um, there's, there's still some guys that we've seen, either Sean or I have seen live that we've been tracking for a while. So we have a list of those guys. So at least you have some comfort okay, we've seen this guy play, maybe multiple people have seen him play through our contacts. So um, that gives you some comfort, but signing a player that you've never seen live, uh, it's pretty risky, especially in a salary cap league. So uh, talk us through how, um, you know, Brad Smith came to come back to the team and Roman, was that something that had been in the works, you know, since the beginning of the year or did that all happen because of the pandemic and the way that things have shaped out this year? Yeah, I think we'll start with Brad. Brad, uh, um, you know, was always in conversations. There was articles and rumors about him. Um, and he obviously was great for us when he was here, helped, helped us win a championship. And he really enjoyed his time here, kept in touch with people. Um, so I think the ongoing conversations with Garth and his uh, agent uh, were happening. And I think they found a place. Uh, and I think also Adrian, also his relationship with Brad. So I think that's always a plus when you can, you can continue those relationships. I think, 
I think we all have them. You guys, I'm sure, have your own personal relationships with whether whether it's Freddie Unberg or Eric Freeberg or or um, Nelson Valdez. It seems like when you come and play at this club, you're always kind of staying in contact, and and I think that's important for us to do. So Brad and Ramon were kind of both in that um, in that mold of of they had a good time here. If there was a chance to come back, they'd want to come back. Uh, Ramon came up uh, later. Uh, and you know, at the time we had, we had two domestic spots open and the salaries were low. We didn't have much money left. And I think credit to those guys for, for saying, Hey, I want to come back. I want to be part of something in Seattle again. Um, so those always are feel good stories and they go along with the other two signings we've had this year. So I, I think we have a really deep team and an experienced team. Um, we just got to stay healthy, I think. Um, Hendo, there's always a risk that you know any signing can go wrong. Like the player just isn't a fit. You know they come in and the coaching staff doesn't quite work with him. It, it can always happen. But I think two signings that we can definitely say have been so successful um, is Joao Paulo, which I think from the first time I saw him play, I'm like, okay, this guy's going to be good. And then Yamar. I think Yamar, he's in a conversation for a top three, top four, maybe top five best defenders in the league this season, if not the top three. So how have, what have you made of their performances? And did you expect that they'd be this good this early, especially in a year with, like, not a regular season, but so much stop, start, stop, start? And they both look like they belong. They look fantastic. Yeah, and that's good to hear from a former player. I love when uh, those players are recognized who come in and they can make an impact. And, um, you know, Yamar, uh, uh, we have our contacts in Argentina who help us there. Uh, I, I gave the profile of what we were looking for um, and we wanted someone with speed, um, good with the ball, someone who's good man marking. A lot of what Brian was looking for, you know, Jimmy Triori, what, what the profiles were for that position. And um, he called and said, you got to watch this kid. And he, he's Colombian, but he'd been playing in Argentina for five years um, and so I went down there and, and watched him play. And he, the first game he was there, he had a great game. And he was just bossing everyone. And you could see he just loved the contact. Um, uh, one of the uh, opponents got a breakaway, and he had chased him down from 15 yards behind, caught him, won the ball, and connected the pass. So uh, it, was a, it was a really good first couple games. And um, then you watch him train. You can see the training habits and – um, I, I could just see he was just his teammates liked him. He was smiling. He was happy. And you know, as teammates, you have those kind of guys, and you're like, hey, these guys are are fun to have in your group. Um, so he's been he's been great, and his his adaptation from coming here has been really good. Because sometimes coming a Colombian player coming up, it's a different style of league. Uh, Warm ups are different. The weather's different. Um, and he's adjusted, and I think the group has welcomed him in. And and then uh, JP is just, uh, he's an amazing pro. And uh, I'm happy about that one in the process. I feel like the process of the scouting group um, and the way it worked all the way through and then getting buy-in from the coaches and, and Garth and ownership to bring him in. And I know we did it on a loan, which gave us a little bit of freedom that, okay, you might have an out, you know, we got to see what's going to happen at the end of the year, keeping him. And you have to negotiate that. And I think Garth can do that uh, with Botafogo if we can, we can work on it. Um, but he's such a smart player. 
He sees ahead of the game. He's always thinking. Um, and he really wanted to be in Seattle. He had watched us play. He knew about the team. He was excited about it. So he kind of checked every box, a little bit like Ladera when we signed him. Um, there, there's a question online um, for you that asks, what is the biggest development in players between when you started and playing, when, between when you started playing and the youth of today, both physically uh, and with technology? Physically and with technology. Um, I would say physically it's, it's similar. I, I think uh, maybe some of the, uh, you know, the ways you, the way you warm up, some of the data that's collected, um, but I don't feel like players are running more or less, um, uh, but maybe physically stronger, maybe, I think because of uh, um, some of the work in, with performance coaches and things like that. But I mean, I started 10, 12 years before you guys, and we were just happy to be playing pro soccer in, in the U.S. And, and sometimes we were dressing out of rec centers. And I mean, it was um, – a far cry from the professionalism that we have today. And that was just MLS 25 years ago. So um, it's a different world. And, and even when I started, you know, six years before that with the, with the national team and, and going to Germany, it's just, um, there's way more, way more resources for players now. Um, there's way more opportunities, uh, and especially for an American player to go uh, uh, have a career and, and, and find a pathway to get there. There's a lot of choices. Um, and with obviously even when I played and Brad was there and especially in the early years we clearly were the soundness was at the top in every way like through the fans we brought into the stadium the atmosphere at Central Link Field um, also thankfully on the pitch the product was good we're winning trophies we had a pretty good style of play and you know teams have come in you know, Atlanta comes to mind what they did early on what LAFC managed to do early on as well how do you guys sort of rise up to that competition where there are teams coming in with really big checkbooks and the, the player you might have been able to get three years ago now has multiple options to come to MLS. How do you still sell the Sounders? Um, is it just the record? Is it that we're still winning? How do you sell the Sounders to prospects who have multiple options now? Yeah, wow. That's a good question. There's, um, there's a lot of different answers and I'll try and keep it, keep it short, but I think, um, one is, yes, the atmosphere here, uh, the, the fans and the player relationship here is really special. And it's, it's not only since 2009, it's since the 70s. And so that, I think that connection is, is an easy sell. I think, um, you know, the success we've had uh, really helps. Teams want to go where they have a chance to win. Um, you know, I think... Um, you know, when you're going out and scouting, many of the players outside of the U.S. Are, are looking at, you know, they look at New York, L.A., there's certain cities they've been to, Miami. Um, uh, but Seattle is right there in the conversation. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, a testament to the club, the ownership here, uh, being able to spend the money to compete. And then, like, bringing in guys like both of you, guys who have good character, you guys promote the club in a positive way. Uh, you talk to your teammates, your friends all over the world. You're talking about what a great club it is. And that, that for me goes the farthest because the first thing as a player, when, when Seattle Sounders is interested, I'm going to pick up the phone and call someone who's played there. So I, I think that part is important. And, and we would love to have every former player come work for the club. We've had, we've had so many quality guys, 
Um, but you know, you guys are special and, and, and you're, you're in a position now that, um, you know, we rely on you for, for those types of things. And I, I think that, um, is just going to continue into the future as the club grows. We're going to keep, keep it a real, uh, close family. Um, wise words. You hear that, Steve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no pressure, I, I guys. I just wanted to know. <clears throat> I've always wanted to know what big name players were on the Sounders list, you know, in the past ten years that was close, but we weren't able to get. Or who's who's the top three next uh, <laughs> on Hendo's list to to get? Two part. Yeah, question. one. Uh, I remember meeting uh, Arshavin in uh, London uh, and uh, met with him and his agents. And um, it was a great, great, interesting conversation. And, um, you know, he was a guy who needed a change, needed a new start. And obviously you guys know him. He was, he was a great player and, you know, could score goals and was had an acceleration. And um, so he was one. Um, there's been a couple um, you know, there's always rumors that are coming through with players uh, and Seattle seems to get linked to players. Um, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's true and sometimes it isn't. Um, and sometimes well, it's, it's, well, well, sometimes it's just the agent spinning, you know, I'm going to say these three clubs want them. And uh, um, I'm trying to think of some, um, some guys who were misses. I, most of the time I think about some guys who we missed that I was glad we missed because either their career turned and it did and it didn't turn out the way we thought it would. So sometimes the best signings are the ones you didn't make. Um, okay. Give us, give us two or three that you'd like to see in a Sounders Jersey in the next couple of years. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I I'd love to see Pulisic. Um, I'd love to see Yedlin. Um, um, you know, there's there's big players that you could name on national teams all over the world, but um, just trying to think of uh, semi-realistic players. You're thinking young American is what you're yeah. thinking. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like uh, I, I don't know that you can answer this definitively because I was thinking about this when I knew we were going to be speaking to you. Is that which, which signing would you say has been the most like impactful um, for the club? I know we've had some great signings. I mean, even very early on, Casey Kellerfin coming home and Freddie Lundberg at that time, it really made us feel like a legit team having those two um, internationally known names. I think when the book's done, the Lodero signing is going to go down as in just an unbelievable signing. Definitely a before and after what he's been able to do here. But then I landed on, for me personally, it was a Clint Dempsey signing still. Because at that time, I think we forget just how good he actually was and how big he still was in England. Um, coming off a so-so year at Tottenham, but before that, I thought him the things he did was still the national team captain on and off with Michael Bradley. So I landed on Dempsey, and I probably have a there or second, but I wonder for the guy who's involved in those negotiations, where you kind of land on somebody's signings. Yeah, that is a, a really good question and a tough one. Uh, but I think you've named, you named the four or five and Casey Keller for sure. Um, Freddie Unberg, uh, Freddie Montero. Um, yeah, Clint Dempsey, yeah, amazing player. Um, the abilities he had. Uh, Obafemi Martins, and then when you paired Clint and Oba together, 
they were great. Uh, Mora Rosales, um, you know, how many times did he set up Eddie Johnson and, and you guys um, at different times? Um, and yeah, Nico, uh, Nico, I mean, Raul, Nico, and then you, um, gosh, there's, <laughs> um, there's so many guys that you just don't want to leave out. I mean, there's, um, you know, I'd have to say both of you guys, captain of the team. I, I you know, I wish we had more you, years with you, Steve. Um, um, you because Steph and Fry, like these guys. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Steph and Chad. Um, Ozzy, we, 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 we haven't even mentioned um, Alonso yet. Ozzy, yeah. Ozzy. Yeah, Ozzy. And so um, we've been fortunate to have so many good players come through our club. And I, I think that's, yeah, that's why we've been in the playoffs every year. Um, um, we've, we've had really good players here, really good teams. And, um, you know, Ziggy and uh, his staff did well, and Brian and his staff done well. Um, yeah, it's fun to be part of. And, um, now I'm going to think of probably 50 guys after we get off this call. <laughs> uh, you and Sean obviously have a competitive nature dating back a couple decades, right? Talk us through what it was like growing up with Sean uh, competitively uh, as, a, as a brother and now being able to work together and, and uh, you know, try to, try to scout some players and, and bring in the best talent. Yeah, it's, it's great to, to work every day with Sean. He's, um, we were never, I had an older brother, Pat, who played soccer too. So uh, there was three of us and he was five years older than me. So we kind of followed his footsteps and we were never easy on Sean. We would try and punish him every time and compete for everything. Compete at the dinner table on the soccer field. And w when we started growing up, we played every sport and uh, we didn't really, you know, stick with soccer until you know, 12, 13, we, we just played soccer, but, um, yeah, it was all about competing and, and Sean was tough. Um, and you know, he ended up, uh, we played together at UCLA and won a championship. I think he was in the state final every year in high school here. Um, uh, you know, he was in the MLS cup with Colorado. We were teammates. He played left back. I played left, left wing. Um, so we have some great memories together and, um, he, you know, he's been working at our club since, uh, 2010, I think. So he's been here almost since the beginning and, uh, worked in the Academy, took the French formation license, um, has a good mind for players in the game and is, is a, a hard worker. And, um, so to be able to, um, be able to look at players and trust his eyes and work together. And obviously we have all kinds of people we, we, work with and deal with and connections. And, um, you know, I bounce stuff off you guys sometimes to look at, look at some players and give your opinions. Um, so I think that part of it too, is being, um, being able to rely on resources out there and, uh, and trusting people in their eye. Yeah. Um, and I have a couple still, um, I want to ask you this one. Um, I feel like you really enjoy your job and I think it's one of the, like, the coolest jobs you can get in sports. Um, you travel to watch football matches, essentially. Um, obviously there's the pressure because you have to get it right on the players you bring back. But, um, at times you've spoken over the years, you and I, and I always felt like in the back of your mind, there was always this flirtation with maybe coaching or viewing the game from that perspective. And I wonder now if you're at a place where you still think about that, where when you think long-term for yourself, would you like to get back on the sideline, be on the dugout, or are you pretty um, content, continue to follow this part? 
Yeah, uh, we have had those talks. And, uh, you know, I know when you were playing, we talked sometimes about, you know, because we were both wingers. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the year I had assistant coach in Kansas City. Um, but I feel like my playing career was it was to set up for this job. I think this was the career I was supposed to have and that playing career helped give me the foundation and the background to get there um, and the understanding of the game and uh, maybe, maybe the things around the team and the game and building, building a club. Um, so, you know, I think maybe I'm too far gone from, from uh, being on the sidelines and around. I, I enjoyed coaching, helping coach my kids with Andy Smetzer and, and uh, some of the other coaches there, that part to the, have the connection with them. But um, right now I feel like um, I know this job and I know this role really well. And uh, so far we've had success and um, yeah, I love what I do for a living. I know one day it's gonna end, um, but I wanna enjoy it and, and do the best I can while I'm in it. And uh, I feel like it's, it's been a great run for us here in Seattle so far. Um, last question uh, for both of you. What, what the Sounders need to do, and realistically, is the Supporters' Shield within reach, um, but what this team needs to do from here on out to uh, win another MLS Cup? Go ahead, Steve. Um, is it within reach? Yes. Will it happen? I think it'll be an Eastern Conference team, to be honest. I think, um, again, the schedule is too unbalanced this year to really make up that ground. Um, so I think you're looking at Toronto probably for that, but in terms of MLS Cup, I don't know any team that I look at and think they're deeper or stronger than Seattle. I mean, the last couple games, apart from Sunday, we played without Raul. We still create the same number of chances as even when Raul is there. So I think very few teams can lose someone like Raul and still score five goals over two games. I think um, too dynamic, too many weapons. Um, it's not the most talented Sounders team of all time, but in terms of how it fits and depth, it, it's up there. It's in the top two or three I think we've ever had. So I think, yeah, we have a great chance for MLS Cup. Um, support Shield probably goes to an Eastern Conference team. Yeah, I would say we need to uh, we need to go for it because if we're going to have a chance to win MLS Cup, we need to be in good form in the last few games leading into the playoffs. I, I think if you take your foot off the gas as a team and you think, ah, oh, we're saving it for the playoffs, then you're in danger of getting knocked out in the first round because you're not playing pressure, high pressure games leading into it. But um, I, I think you're right, Steve. It's going to be difficult to. Um, to keep pace, uh, I, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna try and win every game out. But um, there are some some good teams in the East, and and they're collecting points. And but I, I do think it's gonna come down to the last the last game or two where any team can win it in Supporter Shield. And then after that, I think as long as we're healthy, I do think this is the deepest team we've ever had. I think there's been other Sounders teams uh, along the way that have had tap had maybe more talent, but I'd say it's very close. And so I think if this team's healthy, we can make a good run at, at winning another cup and, and to win it back to back and be in it uh, as many as we have in the last uh, five years, it'd be pretty amazing. I think uh, uh, it's, it's just crazy. If you would, if you, I had an interview last week and I said, supporter shield is within grasp and one, one weekend can change the way that you, because, 
the top team gets a result again and we drop three and all of a sudden there's that's a six pointer when you're trying to attain something that's so difficult to do your mind shift changes every week so right we could have this conversation next week toronto philly lose sounders yeah. win and all of a sudden you're like oh hey it is attainable so i still think we're we're close um it's attainable but like you said i think it, i think it's a reach but um finishing yeah. out strong is it's got to be super important on top of their mind yeah, yeah. Um, and, and before before we let you go one thing you always did you always you know brought your your kids to training and you know we have literally watched your daughter grow up um, can you now on camera admit that your daughter has surpassed you as the best player in the family <laughs> or has that not happened yet <laughs> um yeah she has it's fun to watch and 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 you know what's interesting is when you have kids and you're trying to teach them all the things that we just we play pickup games and all the things that just came natural and then trying to explain how to do something to your kid. And there's enough uh, um, of a wall there with your children. Anyways, they don't want to hear what dad has to say, but uh, it is a challenge like, okay, how am I going to teach her how to do this and, and what to do? And then not to overcoach every single game she plays. Like it's her journey. She's got to enjoy it. And uh, it's fun to see. And, and thanks for your comments whenever she, has a cross or a mag or something good. She appreciates it. I love it. Hendo, appreciate it, man. Really, really glad to have you on. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing you soon, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great to see you. Thanks again to Chris Henderson for joining us. As always, thank you all for tuning in. Um, the sound is back in action. Not tonight. Just recording this before Sports Play Colorado. That game's not happening. Next time we'll see the Sounders is away to San Jose. Join us Sunday. We'll be on Joe TV doing the broadcast, open for three points. Until then, we'll see you next week.